A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. DJ Manny, Manny, Manny. Yo. Scoop B Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word of Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B said, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment. He give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews. He give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast. The joint and the journalist. The GOAT. So why ask? Watch out. Watch out. about it? If he naming them, scoopy.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoopy Radio. You're listening to Scoopy Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoopy's. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoopy Radio. On your airwaves. On the plane. On the train. Everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore And make sure most importantly that you subscribe to the Scoop B radio podcast. Available on all platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn app, Stitcher app. Or simply by visiting ScoopBradio.com. 2.1 million streams last year. Mentioned everywhere. And we're all inside. And what a great time to be alive, as Drake would say, as we have a special guest. None other than Shelly Flood, the daughter of baseball icon Kurt Flood. Ma'am, welcome to Scoopy Radio. Well, thank you, Brandon. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Yes. um, I had been hearing your dad's name for some years. Um, For those who are listening, Kurt Flood uh, was a three-time Major League Baseball All-Star, two-times World Series champion, seven-time Gold Glove Award winner and is also in the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. Uh, he made the choice uh, to uh, decide what he wanted to do in free agency. And more specifically, he became one of the pivotal figures in the sports labor history when he refused to accept the trade following the 1969 season and ultimately appealed his case to the U.S. Supreme Court. It's crazy to hear Supreme Court and athlete decision in the same sentence, man. <laughs> I know, especially in 1970, uh, 1972, when it all transpired to a, a, a halt, and he lost. 
But at the end of the day, he fought it all the way to the end. And it was not a labor dispute. It was a civil rights dispute that my father said he had the right to negotiate his own contract, that he felt like he was being a piece of property bought and sold, traded at their will, at their discretion of how much he was worth. And dad said nobody had that right to decide what his God-given talent was worth, except for he and God. Kurt Flood is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, no, sir, he is not. So when I look at um, his stats and I look at uh, what he's done, um, he's definitely earned the right. Uh, 293 batting average, 85 home runs, 636 RBIs, a uh, ton of accolades. Why do you think that today uh, he's still not mentioned as or as, is not discussed as being a Hall of Famer? You know, those that question comes about all the time. Why? Why isn't he there? And no one seemingly has the answer. Some say that he doesn't have the stats, um, that his, his numbers aren't there, but that's not true because I've had sports historians show me spreadsheets that compare his um, era to his athletic ability or his statistics or whatever, and they're comparable or better. Um, sure. As far as his, his historical piece to the labor rights, that became controversial, and it put him in that zone of being blackballed, if you will. Um, nobody wants to be challenged when they're in control. And that challenge, and we always use that word, he challenged, he challenged, he challenged, but you're not supposed to challenge, you know, the establishment. And he, they continue after 50 years to hold that truth. You know, how dare you think so much of yourself that you dare change our perspective? Um, it has gone all the way to Commissioner Manfred. You know, we're asking Major League Baseball to please release this stronghold they have on our father's legacy, which continues to have a stronghold on how his children thrive. We're pushing for our place in his legacy and being denied that from many different streams of response and Major League Baseball being one of them. Yeah, I, I spoke to Sharon Robinson um, some years ago um, and we just discussed what it was like to be uh, Jackie Robinson's daughter, um, more specifically, just you know, the pressure or just the the notoriety for you. Um, what is it like to be the child of a of a major league baseball player um, that has has the dual responsibility of being a a game changer and b um, maybe not getting the respect that 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 he was due. Scoop B Radio. It's true. Um... My character as his daughter, and my siblings as well, we've lived different episodes in this. Because at first, he was playing, and he was noted, and people were rushing for his autograph, and he was on the cover of magazines, and we were his children. And then the controversy, you know, it became front-page news. And then we were those kids of that man, and... Who do they think they are and where did they go? And, you know, just a bunch of, and then it was who? Oh, that's Kurt Flood's daughter. Well, who is that? Nobody knew. 
And it came many, uh, so many times in my childhood that I started telling people, please don't tell people that. If I want them to know, I will tell them myself. So now in this era of the internet in the last 20 years, people have shared the information. We have joined collectively in giving him his recognition. People have stood up for him in venues and organizations that were credible. And we've gained a momentum to where we are right now. He's in the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. He was recognized through some the Hall of the National Museum, but they did not recognize him on the inside. Instead they did a an honoring in the courtyard outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was just before the induction of St. Louis. We're in the we're in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. We're in the Bay Area Hall of Fame. We're in the Shrine of the Eternals. Dad has had acclimate after acclimate after acclimate, recognition after recognition, article after article after article after article. It is time for Major League Baseball to pay my father the tribute that he is due because he's a historical part and an intricate piece of Major League Baseball history. Who censors history, Brandon? Revisionists. <laughs> Ain't that something? <laughs> it is something. Shall we start on the line with Scooby, Scooby Radio? Radio. In October 1969, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals traded your dad, uh, a two-time World Series champion, six-time Gold Glove recipient, and 12-year veteran to the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, and he turned down a $100,000 salary uh, for 1970 and declined the trade. I hope this is not an ignorant question, but what was the pay like back then? Was 100000 like a big deal in Major League Baseball back then? Yeah, that was more money than most white men were making, let alone a black athlete. That was a million-dollar contract. That put our family in any neighborhood we wanted to live in. Sure. That sent all of us to private school when we were young, in elementary school. You know, that was, that was a status that America really didn't know. You know, today, $100,000 is barely making it. You know, that's a mortgage, a car note, your health insurances, your kids in, you know, daycare. And you're still living, you know, just having one vacation every year and a half. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just, that's no money. What was his beef with Philadelphia? It was a racist franchise. It was a racist fan base. It was a under it was an underfinanced organization. They had no respect for their their players of color, and Dad knew it. And their fan base was hostile. They were hostile to the to the ones that came to play the visiting the the black players that were visiting, and they were hostile to the the home team. What are you talking about? Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's Philadelphia today. Sports fans, sports fans are hostile because you know tradition repeats itself, but it's part of the racial part. I don't know that it surprises me, but at the at, at that time um, or in this time, no. But then, yes, um, it, it, it's wow because most people want to play in Philadelphia. You think of even in football when you know Michael Vick got out of jail and he ended up making his return to football. He wanted to go to a more of an East Coast type of city so he could repair his image. So to hear that 
retroactively about Philly, it's 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 um enlightening to hear. Yeah. And he had spent twelve years in St. Louis sure. building a you know, a business. It was the hometown of my mother, you know, so there was there's still ties to the family there. Not a lot because my grandparents had moved west with us, but at the end of the day, it was hometown. Um, it had a lot of, you know, a lot of equity in it because he had been there for 12 years. What do you remember about Kurt Flood, um, the the father? Scoop B Radio. <laughs> I, just, I really miss being able to pick up the phone and call him. You know, whenever I would call him, you know, he'd say to me, hello, little darling. You know, just that that salutation is is indelible in my hearing and, you know, in wanting him. Um, the stories that he would tell us about his career and how he got to, you know, the majors growing up, the minors, things that he knew that no one else knows about players and that it's not gossip it's just you know the intimacy of the relationships that he had over those years you know I remember I told him I had a crush on Ricky Henderson and he begged me please don't date ball players <laughs> <laughs> and I was of age I was it wasn't like some teenage smitten you know I was in my 20s Mm-hmm. And we were in Oakland, and I really did like Ricky Henderson. And he was a single, he was an eligible bachelor. Mm-hmm. And my dad looked across the table, we were in a restaurant, and he said, Kelly, please don't date ball players." <laughs> <laughs> How could he tell me that? You know, and but he meant that sincerely. He didn't want to see me womanized. You right. know, he didn't want his daughter to be looked at as a groupie. Um, because that's certainly never been who I am or what I've, I've been about. More so now than ever. But then at 20, 25, I was a little perplexed. You know, I really was. No, that's that's real. That's real. Um, mm-hmm. When you, he, your dad passed away at the, at the age of uh, 59 um, in 1997, January 20th, 1997. So I would imagine around that time in baseball, that was that was Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire um, era, just of baseball in the late 90s. Did he have a sense of, like, where baseball was in the 90s? Like, how did he feel about the game at that point? My father had baseball running through his DNA. <laughs> of course, he knew exactly where they were. He had to follow that. He was directly related to it, just like the penny is to the dollar. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. And those young men making those wealthy contracts, every time they signed it, a little bell went off in his head saying, there's another one. And it wasn't tallying a debt. It was validation of his sacrifice. Scoop B Radio. Hmm. You will be accepting the Jackie Robinson Community Recognition Award on behalf of your father. Is that correct? Yes, that we were in alignment for that. Yes. So and those, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ladies first. Well, you know, 
this situation that we're facing with the health issues has canceled that event at George Washington University on April the 2nd. But Professor Zamoff, who is the director of the Jackie Robinson Society there on campus, who was sponsoring my trip there, um, has just amazingly honored me with not only the speech that he was going to give, but they're sending the acclimate itself through the mail. It's an unfortunate circumstance that we can't stand and pay tribute to my father, and I can accept it face-to-face, but the recognition is still indelible, you know, and I will have hard copy of, you know, they're honoring him. When you look at um, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the National Football League, when you look at the amount of money uh, that players make um, and then tie that into LeBron James making his decision to take his talents to South Beach uh, in 2010, um, I, from afar, um, saw, you know, learned about Kurt Flood. Uh, while I was at the National Association of Black Journalists Convention in San Diego back in 2010. But I, I, I learned about free agency and free will on your dad's side from the process. But when you look at LeBron and what he was able to do on his own free will, do you kind of sit back and get goosebumps like, wow, this is okay for players to do? Like, what is your vantage point based upon who your dad is? We understand it. We expect it. We congratulate it. Because that, again, that little bell goes off that validates the sacrifice. It is what was, it's in divine order. I've never disputed any of the players in any sport leaving one team and going to another. That team does not own that human being, nor is he, nor is he indefinitely you know, tied to his contract to play for that community. He can play wherever he wants to. Just so the the Los Angeles Lakers had Kobe for all those years and then he retired. People had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to any other team, but because he was tired, his body was giving out. He was an old player, still had it, but just tired. You can't hate on that man for wanting to sit down and enjoy the rest of his life. He gave us all. And if I decide in my prime that I wish to play, give it to another franchise for X amount of dollars, I'm going there. If Apple, if I'm working for a Forbes 500 company as a, you know, in the management position and I can get a higher executive position at a different company that might do something different or something the same. I'm taking my talent where I'm going to be most rewarded. Hmm. Like Sports has no, you know, no little gray zone about that. You can't change profession, you know, the exchange of work for a, you know, monetary amount of money. You don't get to decide anything in that. That's an exchange. I'm working for you, true enough. But I am a lot of money that's being exchanged. That's the difference. And I think no, there is no difference because nobody has the right to tell me how much my God given talent is worth except me and God. Oh, no, I'm with you. What I'm saying is, I think 
for people who are not in that stratosphere, I think that because players are paid so much money, I think they can't fathom the business that it actually is because some people are making 40000 50000 60000 Somebody making millions of dollars and how that's allocated. I think people just have a hard time dealing with that. And it's, and it's not right, but because they pay for tickets and they feel like they own them because they pay their salary. And you pay for them sneakers and you pay for your groceries and you pay for your lights and you pay, right. you pay for everything in life. Right. That's across the board. Don't start marginalizing and sectioning off and deciding what's credible and what is not. This country has got to understand that what we see today, we built. We're all, we are all responsible for exactly where we're at. The fact that our entertainment costs so much. I hate Spectrum. <laughs> they are the most predatory company in life. I, I hadn't been with them six weeks and they were already sending my account to collections. I hadn't even gotten a bill yet. Wow. Six weeks? I promise you. I'll take that one to judgment day. <laughs> I was so outdone. I'm serious, Brenda. I was so outdone and livid because I had, I had waited so long to connect with the cable company. Right. You know, I was streaming all my stuff, but I needed internet in my house, my own. I had been on the landlord's internet, but they had put in the top of the line surveillance that they were running off of the Wi-Fi. So I had to get off of the, the property Wi-Fi and get my own. Right. You know, and I'd lived here for two years using my, my management um, stuff. So at the end of the day, let's say this. Yes, the tickets are very expensive. People can only vacation once a year. You may be only able to go to the game once a year. Be happy with that. You understand? Stop telling people what to do and you live outside of what's happening. You don't have a right to do that. I think that I don't go to the ball game. (laughs) Come on now. I have to call executive. I have to call executives or friends of somebody that knows somebody to go complimentary. And if I'm going to pay for the tickets, it's going to be once in a season. Who do you like in baseball this year? How how close do you watch the game? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, here, here, here we go. I live in Los Angeles, but on this side of the country, I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. Lord. Now, because of my dad and by legacy, I have Cardinal gear up the yang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I pull for the Cardinals, except for when they play the San Francisco Giants. I don't care. I want extra innings. I don't, you understand? I don't, I don't care who wins. I want to I go 13. Mm-hmm. So um, it, I've always been, a, had great respect for the New York Yankees, for their historical, you know, visits to uh, the World Series, you know. I don't believe that um, enough harsh penalties have happened for the franchises that have cheated us out of, you know, an honorable game. And we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Any player that has made moves and choices that were immoral or irrespective of a clean game, I have no respect for you. We'll say no more about that. <laughs> you know, it's just... It's rigid for us on this side, and it always has been. So if you're on the other side playing the same game, 
you have to play it the same way. You don't, there's not a two sides to this. They're not two rule books. You know, they hold my father accountable for, you know, fighting for labor equality and keep him outside recognition. And you have people lobbying for those who cheated the game or did immoral acts and feeling that that's okay. And it's not, especially when my father stands on the outside of all of your successes. But he's the reason why you have them. Who do you feel um, when you make your trips to ballparks and, you know, for various um, functions in baseball, um, what or who, what, who, what players do you feel are most current players? Are, are, did it surprise you that they're most educated or most knowledgeable about your father and who he was? Um, Garrett Cole standing at the podium these last few months ago, I, I don't remember how long it was, but it was here recently. That blew my socks off. <laughs> because we've been waiting for that. We've been waiting for ball players to recognize him contractually in their negotiations and saying to the general public and to the owners, the franchise itself, I'm here standing on this man's shoulders. And the next sentence should be, and I would like for this amount to be allocated off the top to these nonprofits, which are his family legacy. Hmm. I'm not saying that these people owe us. I'm saying that this is how we channel dad's legacy and it becomes the phenomenon of philanthropy that that vehicle deserves. Right. The, re the reason it is not in existence is because we're just getting to this plateau in recognition. And the, the, the ceiling breaking, shattering, that glass ceiling is the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I was watching a documentary um, on a basketball player. Uh, or a guy of prominence in basketball um, who for years um, never voted into um, the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's a, it's a documentary called, and you should check it out, it's called uh, Jump Shot Movie. And it's executive produced uh, by Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors. It's the Kenny Saylor story. Have you heard of Kenny Saylor's? I can't say that I have, Brandon. Okay. Well, Kenny Saylor's literally played in the NBA um, and was a legend. You know, Dirk Nowitzki appeared in the documentary, Kevin Durant uh, appeared in the documentary. But basically, um, the Jump Shot movie details Kenny Saylor's life. Um, uh, he was the modern-day developer of the Jump Shot. Many people don't know that. He defined the game. Um, and, and they trailed him and they, they, he talked about his career and he died. Um, they're trying to get the movie in theaters. Um, mm. but basically he was the person who created the jumper. And you look at guys like Steph Curry, look at Dirk Nowitzki, you look at Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, you know, all, all the people who have, you know, who are proficient jump shooters. But basically, um, he can't get voted into the basketball hall of fame. 
and they cited notability, notoriety. Um, and it, 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 it's sad. So as I'm hearing your story, I'm thinking about, well, hearing your dad's story, I'm thinking about Penny Saylor. Um, he played in the 1940s and the 1950s. And many people who are voting at that time now don't, you know, they don't know that. That's the, that's, you know, I'm in my thirties. That, that's my grandparents' generation. It's not right. even the sixties. Right. So when you think of old right. basketball at this point, you think Bill Russell. You think, you think, um, you know, that era of basketball. Right. Um, but, you know, Kenny Sailors won a national championship in, in, in basketball while he was, you know, in the NBA, his best season was the 1949-1950 season when he played for the Nuggets and he averaged 17.3 points per game, but he has impact. Um, and so when I hear your dad's story, um, it, it, it makes me think about the Kenny Saylor story and the jump shot. I feel like, you know, people will try to throw the notability thing in there. And it's like, I've been hearing about Kerr Flood for the last 10 years, um, but I've done my research and it's like, there's no reason why he should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think so either. I think it's, it is it is a disservice to the fans who visit that institution, that venue, for historical reference. We did not go from the reserve clause to free, to free agency in a whim. There were sacrifices that were made, and there were moves, and, and things had to happen to get there. And if they're going to house the history of baseball, they are responsible to tell the history correctly. And my father is a part of that history. Yeah. What's next for you? <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm on the front lines here in Los Angeles with the homeless epidemic and mental health. I, I work under a Department of Mental Health contract uh, servicing youth aged 18 to 28. Um, that is embedded in my sister and I's fabric of who we are professionally. So our nonprofit, the Centerfield for Youth, is developing a program um, and a brick and mortar trying to find the actual building to put the program in to respond to homelessness and, and in that age group. And my brother, Kurt Jr., is looking at women's sports. He wants the Kurt's Blood Foundation to respond to women in their athletics. Um, it is underserved. And, you know, we have young women out there that are playing Little League baseball all the way, playing baseball all the way through high school. They get to college and nothing happens after that. You know, there are no places for them to take their talent or even more places to be collegially funded. You know, they want more scholarships for their athleticism. So we have, we have some things that are brewing. We need to get past this health epidemic successfully and then continue to grow as a country and, and, you know, take care of one another and be more respective of people's differences and congratulating the similarities moving forward, you know, and I'm, I'm deeply rooted in all of that. Um, I'm truly my daughter's child. You sure are your father's child, I can tell. <laughs> I can well, tell. Assuredly. <laughs> well, ma'am, 
Good news is you're off the hot seat. Thank you for joining us today on Scoopy Radio. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Yes, ma'am. Scoopy Radio. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.